You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And guess what? I'm so grateful that you made a decision to join me from all over the world. Uh, This week, I have heard from people in Africa, in China, let's see where else, in South America, Brazil. I've never been there, guys. I want to come there. Uh, in Canada, and of course, from the U.S., and uh, I can truly say with all of the faith that's on the inside of me that I believe that your life will never, ever be the same after listening to this show. Well, uh, it is a beautiful day here in Atlanta. I'm looking at the sun coming in my office window. I love my office. Uh, it's such a beautiful place to uh, to be on purpose. And uh, it feels like summertime. I might start singing summertime and the living is easy. Well, anyway, y'all see why singing is not my <laughs> my forte, but I just felt like doing that. I don't know why, but it's, it's really hot here in the ATL and that's why we call it ATL. But it's been a great week for me. It's been a, a week of even though I've been very busy, I've been very restful in what I was doing this week. And uh, maybe one time I'm going to teach you about that. Well, teaching is what I'm going to be doing today. Yay. So many people say, Constance, we want to hear you teach more. And I realized I hadn't been teaching in a, in a couple of weeks. What's wrong with this program? And so I'm back and I'm back big full and ready. And I'm going to be talking about knowing your value, knowing your worth, knowing your value in your job, knowing your value and your worth in your business. Uh, You know, I was working with somebody who was a celeb. If I called their name, you would know them. And they, because they didn't really value themselves, their prices were too low. And so I'm going to talk about how do you set your prices in business, but you got to make sure you're delivering the goods and additionally, knowing your value and your worth on your job. And is there a, a, a reciprocal exchange for that? Because we already know that by the time we are seven years old, a lot of our beliefs have already been formed. And so, you know, that's the way that we are definitely going to be really going on this show. So it's going to be two parts. Uh, The first part is I'm going to have a beautiful young lady from Texas tell her remarkable transformation story and how she does know her value. Now, as a matter of fact, she's a doctor now, and I got to call her doctor on this show. Uh, She's earned her doctorate degree. So excited for her. So let's get with it. But before we do, let me remind you to... uh, 
visit my social media. You can visit me on Instagram. Start following me on Instagram, y'all. Uh, L-O-A Constance. And then on Twitter, it's L-O-A Constance. Facebook is Coach with Constance. And I'm going to start doing a more live Facebook over the next two weeks and i'm also going to be doing some private facebook groups and more on periscope why because i want to connect with you at a deeper level where i can maybe interact with you more one-on-one and i think i gotta also remind you about my website of course i do i have all of the tools everything i put on my website is just for you my two books i wrote those books for you Uh, I'm a real practical person moving from where you are inside out. My Secrets of Success book, I believe, is phenomenal because it really deals with those core beliefs. Like I said, by the time we're seven, most of us have already formed most of our beliefs. And I think they said 35, they're all formed. So how can we change those? I deal a lot with that. And then the how-tos. I'm big on how-tos, not just inspiring and motivating you. That's really cool. But baby, you got to tell me how to get from point A to point Z. I have MP3 affirmations uh, on success, prosperity, abundance. Let's see what else. Attracting love. And then my attracting genuine love. Aren't you just tired of making the same choice? Because I tell a lot of my ladies and and gentlemen that I'm working with, come off of the dating site until you learn to love yourself and do your own inner work. So my book is Attracting and Manifesting Genuine Love. And of course, my coaching, I'm coaching people all over the world. So grateful for that. And I know the show has been a blessing, is a blessing to you, is nurturing your soul and your spirit. So while you're on that page, you can either cash at me, which is dollar sign Constance Arnold, or you could just hit the red button and make your donation to this show uh, because it is and has been a blessing to you. So let's get going. Uh, I'm going to invite my first guest on because I'm my second guest, right? (laughs) Uh, My very special guest is Dr. Monique all the way from Texas. She's going to be sharing her remarkable story. Dr. Monique, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Good morning, Constance. It's great to be here. How you doing? I'm doing great. Great. So let's get started. Um, Why did you decide to contact me and to come to me for coaching? Um, At the time I contacted you, I was in my last year of pharmacy school and um, I had my son. He was two at the time. And I was just not even freshly coming out of a relationship, maybe six or seven months post breakup. And emotionally, I just couldn't move forward. And um, I knew it was holding me back from finding my purpose, from being a better mother, from being a better me. And I knew I needed that help outside of just talking to my girlfriends every day and rambling off at the ear with them. I knew I needed productive, moving forward help. And I found your podcast miraculously. And I said, I slept on it for a little bit. And I said, you know what, this is the investment I'm willing to make in myself and I'm well, I want to see that change in myself. So were you hurt from that relationship? 
Uh, extremely hurt. <laughs> was, um, hurt was an understatement. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, this is a, <laughs> can't use curse words, Monique, but keep going. <laughs> uh, just for lack of better terms. Yes, I was hurt. Um, my ego was bruised. Of course. I think we as women, especially myself being part of the millennial stages, um, when you get yourself involved in a relationship and, and you get to that point of, well, where do you think everybody on Instagram and Facebook knows about your relationship and suddenly they don't see you two posting pictures together anymore? Um, it hurts your feelings, to say the least, that that what you identified in yourself with that man and with that relationship and with the status of that relationship is over. And yeah. that was what really hurt me the most. And I wasn't sure how to move forward from there. Yeah. And then you had a child with this person. I did. That was that 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 was difficult. And when you called me, I heard the pain. I, I was in my car when I called you back, and I pulled over. I'm like, okay, this young woman, I better pull over for this conversation. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and so, kind of, what was your life like then? Um, okay, so as I mentioned, I was in my last semester of pharmacy school. That was just when I called you. Um, the mm -hmm. breakup had already occurred. Probably my third year of pharmacy school. So pharmacy school is four years. Um, and I was just stuck emotionally, mentally, physically stuck. I, I was moving forward with the program, but I wasn't moving forward with my life. And I was a mother at this point, and I didn't know how to keep those feelings of resentment from my ex separate from my mothering abilities. And I knew it was affecting the way my son was growing. I knew it was affecting my personal growth. And I knew I needed that help outside of either crying to my mom or crying to my friends. I knew I needed somebody who knew what they were talking about yeah, and who was unbiased towards the situation. Well, you know, and I just want to say to ladies and gentlemen, you know, anytime a relation, there's a breakup and you thought it was going to be that that's really a, a death of a dream. It messes with your image. It makes you ask crazy questions like, why not me? I'm not good enough. What other questions were you asking yourself, Monique? <laughs> I know you were saying um, something. <laughs> it was along the lines of those questions. Why not me? Um, how could he move on so fast? Why am yeah. I still in this space? Um, yeah, it was, you know, you, you get into that rut of questioning your own self-worth based on this person's decisions about you. And realistically, it has nothing to do with you at all. But so you can't true. see that in that point. You just see that this person moved out of your experience and you blame them for that. And they are the cause of your hurt. They're the cause of your sleepless nights. Um, just a numerous amount of reasons as to why this person was the cause of your hurt because they left you. Yeah. And, uh, hey, have I been there and done that? And really, <laughs> really blaming never changes anything. And uh, if a person leaves you, that means that they were never meant to be a part of your destiny. But that's easy to say later on, uh, Dr. Monique. Uh uh, rather than when you're in the middle of it. And I commend you for reaching out. And and when I listened to your story, I said, I'm going to help her. So what was some of the main stuff or some of the main areas that you wanted us to focus on in coaching? 
my main area for sure was just getting back my self-worth. I had, um, since the birth of my son at that point when he was two, I just, I felt like I lost myself. I didn't know how to be myself. I didn't know how to be a mother. And I think, not even I think, it stems from my upbringing. Um, I was raised in a very strict Catholic Nigerian household. Mm -hmm. And um, outside, I was hitting all the other checkpoints. I went to college, got my degree. Now I was in pharmacy school. I was doing great. Um, But I hit one major red flag, which, or at least what it seemed as a red flag amongst the Nigerian community. And I had a baby out of wedlock. And that was just, I mean, it was a cross that people gave me to carry because, um, I mean, it was just like... Were you shamed? Very much so. Okay. Very, very much so. Um, People were just like, oh, you did this, this, this? Okay, where's your husband? Where's this? And you don't really have an answer for them. Hey, and you shouldn't. And and thank you for being honest because, you know, the shame that mm-hmm. surround, you know, maybe having a child, you know, and in her culture, I understand the Nigerian culture. We're not blaming, you know, we're right. not throwing no culture under, she's just sharing her experience. So, so maybe your shame might be shame. I didn't finish school. Shame. I stayed in this relationship. Shame. I'm still on this job, but, but the, the minute you can share and open up about your shame, shame dies. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that was one thing that I sort of helped you with. And so here you are, you were heartbroken. And even when you have children, I've never had children. And um, I love this. You, you too, you're a millennial. You don't know this, but in Gone with the <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Y'all know everything else though, right, Monique? Right. Uh, in Gone with the Wind. Right. Okay. Uh, it, it, <laughs> In the movie Gone with the Wind, uh, this African-American woman said, Miss Scarlett, I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. And I can say that about me. I, I, I don't know anything. I've never had children. Can't I can't have children biologically. But from what I've seen and heard and my clients, having a child changes you and you lose. You kind of like, who am I now with this child? So you were going through that phase and then trying to get over that hurt and devastation of this other person. So what tools do you feel like really helped you to get through that? that? Uh, You know, it just wasn't one tool and it just wasn't one day by any means. Uh, It started small, extremely small, with just gratitude. If I woke up and my son's milk was in the fridge, perfect. Like we're on a good start. And one thing that really helped me, at least working with you, was that just be concerned for today. You know, I know a lot of times I'd be like, well, Constance, in six months, I don't know what I'm going to do about this and this. And you're like, no, just Let's worry about today. And when tomorrow comes around, we'll work on tomorrow. And I'm like, but no, no, but you don't understand. In five months when I graduate, nope, we're just going to focus on today. And so that definitely took the anxiety down 200%. So, okay. Woke up and And you know, we did Mm -hmm. did a lot of work around relationships. Yes. And co, ooh, I think you kind of hated me when I had you to do chapter one of my book. Um, but we did a lot of work around relationships, codependency, being needy, our beliefs about relationships. How did that help you? 
Um, like you said, I did kind of hate you in the beginning. <laughs> That's all right. You know, I think anything that comes with any strong emotional change out of the way you've been for the last X number of months or years comes with resistance. And so because I was in such a resentful stage at that time and such a hurt stage, you trying to move me out of that stage almost made you seem like the enemy. I knew you weren't, but I'm just like, but no, you don't understand. And you just had to keep telling me the past does not determine where tomorrow goes. You know, you have to just take it step by step. It wasn't jump into another relationship with another man and show him out. No. As a matter of fact, we didn't even talk about relationships. It was just, where do you want, where do you see yourself being? And we're going to slowly step into that reality. Yeah. And that's what we did. Yeah. And, you know, I had her to do a lot of inner work on choices in relationships, codependency. Um, You never choose any higher than you see yourself. And mm-hmm. and I, I I handheld you for a little bit because you were in a lot of pain. How, how did you feel about being accountable to me during the process? Because I I must say, if I ain't been there for nobody, Miss Mo, Doctor Monique, I've been there for you. <laughs> I think the accountability was what um, helped me to ultimately get to where I am now. Um, without that accountability. I wouldn't have made the progress that I did, but because I knew I had to check in with you and I knew ultimately I had to check in with myself yeah. that I, I knew I had to do the work. And I knew intuitively, I knew that staying in that space that I was in um, and exerting the energy towards the um, loss of this relationship and keep continuously playing, replaying that story in my head was not going to move me towards where I wanted to go so true and so I was there with you for the tough times I ain't bragging on myself but you it ain't nothing (laughs) but the truth right Monique I would get a text from you and I'm like oh lord let me pull over on the side of the road because in Georgia we can't be on the phone and uh I loved you and believed in you but it was a process and it was painful initially it was it was I agree yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so you, you mentioned becoming a better mom because here mm-hmm. you are just having a child. How did coach with me help you with that? Um, coaching with you just helped in all aspects of motherhood. And because my son was so young at the time, he was literally just turning to um, I was going through those stages of having a new toddler and um, just still trying to figure things out in my day-to-day life. Yeah. And a lot of times I would either neglect myself or neglect um, the time I spent with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew what I wanted to be towards him. I knew I wanted to be nurturing. I knew I wanted to be loving. I knew I just wanted to physically be there for him, emotionally be there for him so mm-hmm. I could make a positive impact in his life as he was growing. But because of the 90% of myself that I was devoting towards replaying this old relationship in my head, I wasn't making any progress, but working with you, I got out of that space. And at the time it seemed so impossible. You were just like, you know, a year from now, you won't even be here. And I'm just like, no, Constance, we're going to need more than a year. You're like, (laughs) nope. (laughs) 
has it, has it been a year that you've been harassing me, uh, Monique, Dr. Monique? Roughly, since about last February. So, yeah, mm-hmm. just over a year. <laughs> and, and boy, look at you now. And, and, and so, you know, I had to help you walk through that forgiveness process with your ex. And mm-hmm. man, I thought you was going to slap me when that, when I, <laughs> when we talked about that, uh, uh, have you done that? I have very much so. Um, actually, we're really, really good friends at this point. It was a time that we were just literally barely talking through text and, um, and, and I'm not, I don't even want to see none of the little nasty <laughs> that were sent. Uh, this is not an X-rated show. So, but, but I'm sure it was really hot and heated text because you were very angry. I was. And, um, like you said, I, it came down to me blaming him for my worth. Um, the usual you left me you made me feel like this you 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 and you can't use that person as your savior you really have to save yourself right and and, and so uh, in the area of relationships what have you learned because i tell monique you're not ready to date <laughs> and she wasn't because why wasn't you ready to date then you're ready now are you ready now this I'm is ready on the now, air. But, this is on um, the air. I'm gonna record this. <laughs> I'm ready now, but um, you know, it's just not my main priority right now. Um, then I just I wasn't ready because one, I was literally just a suitcase of emotional baggage. I was ready to spill my story to whoever walked by. And, oh my god! Um, I'm glad I wasn't exactly. around. Keep going. <laughs> And no, truthfully, nobody wants to hear that. Sure, people will sympathize with you, but nobody wants that type of energy of this person is a blamer. This person is still waiting for her ex to come back around and save her day. Nobody wants to be around that. I didn't want to be around it myself. And I knew just every day was another step one for me. If I went three days with progress and day four, I ended up crying myself to sleep. I said, you know what? Okay. Day five will be better. We'll start over again. And that's what it was. And so see, when you're in a wounded place, everybody, you make your decisions from, from that wounded place. You choose other codependent people. You, you, you're starving for love. You're needy for love. Um, uh, you don't choose healthy relationship because like attracts like. And if you're in a codependent, somebody rescue me kind of vibration, that's what you're going to choose. And so with Monique, I told her I couldn't make her. Well, maybe I could, but, but I told her, <laughs> why not wait until you are whole? I didn't say perfect. Why not hate wait until you are whole emotionally? And then from a good place, from a good vibration, you can choose. I think I did tell her during our last session, I think she's ready. She is. She is. So so has your image changed? Oh, very much so. I mean, just even retelling this story now, um, I don't have the same emotions as if I would have had it if we had this show last year. So now I can talk clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, had I told this story last year, we would have had to stop five times for me to get a tissue break to wipe oh, all my tears. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but now I'm just like, oh, wow. I, it, it seems really foreign. That's the thing. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that was ever part of my experience. 
yeah, you've grown and, and your image has changed. And one reason your image has changed is because you received your doctorate and you passed two difficult certification tests for pharmacy to become a pharmacist. And uh, how did coaching help you walk through that? Oh, coaching helped tremendously. You know, graduating was one hurdle in itself. And after that, um, of course, there was a boost to my self-esteem in the essence of, okay, I did something for myself. I finished this goal that I started because after I got pregnant um, while I was in pharmacy school, honestly, a lot of people doubted whether I would graduate. And, um, I never even listened to what they said. I knew I was going to graduate. Um, I knew I'd made the task a little more difficult, but I knew I was going to graduate. So now that I obtained the degree, you now have to take two certification tests. Are they to... hard? They have to be hard. Oh, they're ridiculously hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, graduating, graduating wasn't even the beginning of my perfect story because I took the exams and I failed them <laughs> by one point. The first time. And, and, so, and I remember you text me and you called me. How did you feel after failing the test? Oh, horrible. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Um, and horrible in the sense that I thought I was smooth sailing. I thought this was going to be the beginning of um, me falling into a new six-figure job. And I, I thought the degree would just, or at least completing the degree was now the beginning of my rescue period. And mm -hmm. my soul wanted more work. Um, and so uh, when you say that, what do you mean by that? Because when she texted me and we had a session, I said, you got to change your thinking. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, so I, I, Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're not defined by any of your degrees. And I got degrees. You're not defined by your fine car. I know you got a fine car. Uh, you're, not, <laughs> you're not defined by how you look. It's inside. And so what yeah. did you learn mm -hmm. about yourself with, with not failing that test? Did you fail it one time or two times? I failed it twice. Both exams. I failed twice. And I've passed. Of course, I can say it from singing from a different tune. But, you know, Four months ago, when I had initially failed, it was just like, is there even a world out there? Like, what was the purpose of me getting this degree mm -hmm. <laughs> if I was just going to fail the exam? And um, one, I mean, just that outside view we have based on ourselves versus others, even though we all know not to compare ourselves to others. Um, did you at do least that? When, oh, I did. I did. Because all of my inner circle of friends. Every literally every all five of them out of the six of us had passed their exams and I was the sixth one who hadn't passed. So everybody went on to make their six figure checks and everything. And here I was still taking this exam. So at minimum, it had an effect on my self-esteem. But I called you and I remember our first session was the day after I found out my test results. <laughs> and I called you with a hat on because I didn't want you to see that I just spent the entire night crying. Well, okay, my like, name, my name, you, you didn't do a good job because uh, disguising <laughs> that because I could see it in your eyes because, you know, you, the, your eyes are the windows of your soul. That's true. So you didn't do I, a good job. <laughs> no, I knew I didn't. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> 
And you, from the point that you were at, were just like, you know, this doesn't define you. But I couldn't understand that. I'm like, no, it does define me, Constance. This, this is, you know, almost my livelihood. This was supposed to be my gateway out. And you were like, nope, just we're going to do it again. We're going to keep working on it. And through those months, as I restudied and I failed the exam again by a point again, yeah. I knew something was off, not even from the way I just studied. That was one point. But I knew my worth was tied into how I felt about these exams. Um, Mentally, at that point, I knew that, or at least my thoughts of that exam were, okay, if I pass this exam, I'm going to show my ex, you know, I beat him, basically. You know, you thought you left me as a quote-unquote single mother. You thought you left me and I wasn't going to do well for myself. And that shouldn't have been where my motivation was. This was for myself, not to show him I'm doing better than him, not to show him that or show his family that I'm doing X, Y, and Z. This was strictly for myself. And I got into that mindset by the time I took the exam the third time around. So you know what? This is for myself. And um, Hey, that's my phone I didn't turn off. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, that's not my ringtone. <laughs> And so by the time I came around the third time of taking it, um, one, I was more mentally prepared. I now had studied for another few months and I just stopped telling that old story. I know a, a huge thing, a really huge thing working with you, taking the exam the third time around was that one, I wasn't going to tell all of my friends when I was taking the exam because before... When I took the previous two exams, I'd be like, all right, guys, I'm taking the exam on Thursday. And, you know, I feel all this pressure because I know they're waiting for me to give them the scores. Yeah. But if I don't tell anybody I'm taking the exam, nobody's waiting for me to give them any score report. Nobody. I don't have that pressure of delivering. Now, I was waiting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, if, but but this is what I always tell you, Monique, you do not have to perform with me. That's true. I always tell you that. So you took the test. And she took the test in a vibration of love. Very much so. Um, I am, I'm not mad I'm at my ex. Mm-hmm. I'm not whatever. Keep going, Monique. Oh, yeah. So by the time I took the exam the third time around, um, I was literally just in a whole different space. I was just, like you said, I took it in. A vibration of love. I took it in a vibration of confidence. I took it in a vibration of knowing I could actually do it this time. And another thing you said that helped me um, was that, okay, I didn't fail the exam the first two times. Those were just practice tests. Yeah. That's it. And waking up every morning, I was like, oh, I already practiced this test twice. I'm ready for the real exam, which was the third one. But I've already taken the practice exams and I was only one point off. So logistically, that means I've already passed the third exam. You have. So here you are. You a baller now. Um, You're (laughs) glad I said that, right? You passed the exam. You officially a pharmacist. You're Dr. Monique. I can't pronounce your last name, but you're (laughs) but you're Dr. Monique. And you are about to find your six-figure job, which is you. You remind me of that all the time. 
And uh, so what is your life like now? And what would you say to somebody who might be interested in coaching? And, you know, they and, you know, there's an investment of time and money in coaching. What would you say to somebody? Um, Well, addressing your first question, my life now is just one. It's a complete 180 um, from where we began. It is. Yeah. I mean, I was 27 at the time. I'm 28 going on 29 now. But I was, I mean, one, I'm just um, not even dumbfounded, just amazed at the mental and emotional progress that I made with you. Um, And I was already in that space for quite a while before I met you. So I honestly didn't think there was a way out, but I knew that somebody could provide that for me. I just didn't know how. And nobody makes it by themselves. (laughs) That's very true. And that was another thing you kept telling me. I'm like, no concepts. I just, just help me through one or two sessions. And um, then we're going to wrap this thing up. And you're like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, I'm not letting a millennial yeah. tell me what to do. Bless God. <laughs> um, so the investment was very, very much worth it. Um, as you know, I was a student at the time. So It wasn't that I had a six-figure job, but I knew the investment towards my physical and emotional and mental health was more important than ordering pizza for Friday night. So, you know what? Me and my son can eat something else. As long as we were fed and our clothes were washed and there was gas in my car to get to school the next day, I cut out whatever necessities I needed to make this investment. And I'm so glad I did it. And I would definitely do it over again. I'm so proud of you. You know, let me just say something about the investment. And she did, you know, she did make, she made a decision to make the investment. But guess what? She's going to get an ROI. If anybody's into stocks and bonds and finances, ROI is a return on your investment. Mm -hmm. It ain't no doubt about this young woman. I, I I saw it in her from the beginning. That's why I chose to work with her. She made an investment and she would say, Constance, I'm getting ready to purchase my coaching sessions. I said, okay. <laughs> and I would be thinking in my mind, oh God, I hope she got something to eat. You know what I mean? <laughs> but but, but uh, she said, I'm fine. I'm eating noodles and something else she was eating. Oh my God. So she probably don't ever want to see noodles since she's getting her six figure job uh, now. <laughs> she's going to be eating just you know all kind of gourmet whatever but she made the investment and I'm going to say this every doggone thing I told her to do she did it it was a process when we had to work through that forgiveness of her ex I I felt the reluctancy she did it now she's happy because see had she held on to that unforgiveness she wouldn't be open up to the new love that's going to come into her life whenever I let her Get, get, you know, do that. You know, she's, I'm just kidding. She's ready. You know, has she not done part one of my book, which is not easy, which is difficult, baby, everything in life ain't easy, but you go through the process because you desire the results. Look at her life. Now she getting ready to live her dream life. Ain't no doubt about that. And That's I'm true. so proud of you. 
Yeah, you know, I think another huge thing um, that I meant to say earlier was that you kept reminding me to step into my reality. And yeah, um, that's a huge law of attraction point. You just you of course, you have your day to day reality that's right there in your face, but you know the life that you want to live. And I had to keep reminding myself of that. You know, when I took ex- the exam the third time, um, I was praying. I, I said, do I need to get my whole church praying for this girl? <laughs> well, there was time. one point I, I would have felt like that. You know, there was one time at, or at least for a week that I didn't study because I just wanted to mentally focus on how does it feel to pass this exam? How did the people who passed their exam feel? And that's what I did. I distinctly remember it was a Sunday. And by the time Thursday came around, um, or at least Thursday or Friday, I had gotten into the mental space of, oh, this is what it feels like to take the exam. Mm-hmm. And so I stepped so much into that reality that I didn't even realize I didn't take the exam in real life because I thought I had already passed it. Wow. I was like, oh, awesome. yeah. I should probably still register for the exam because (laughs) I already knew I passed it. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. I am so proud of you. Thank you. I'm so So, proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm going to be having lunch with you in a couple of weeks. And I don't know. I changed my (laughs) schedule uh, around for you. But folks, you see this, uh, you know, I would love to work with you. Uh, You have to be ready to make the commitment the investment and the time. And I have a guarantee if you coach with me for a year, you won't recognize your life. If you coach with me for a year, a year and you're willing to do the work, you won't recognize your life. Is that the truth, Monique? That is the truth and more Constance. Well, I love you. And uh, wow, what a powerful testimony. So guys, I'm going to go to these quick commercials and then I'm going to be right back and I'm going to be teaching you about knowing your worth, knowing your value. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Okay, guys, I am back, and was that an awesome testimony or what from Dr. Monique? Wow, she really got me charged up. So I'm going to be talking about knowing your value and your self-worth in relationships. Uh, Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about know your value uh, in business and in your career. And so like Like Monique said, uh, it was only when she began to see who she really was that she really created a different vibration to begin to attract what she wanted. So I'm going to use my 
put my therapist hat on for a little bit. And uh, I, I only have 20 minutes, but I need two, two hours. So here we go. So how do we really begin to know our value and our self-worth? And they say that by the time we are 30, that our subconscious mind has been programmed. And by the time we are seven, our personality is formed. Isn't that amazing? So really our value and our worth begins in our childhood. Here we go again. That's where our beliefs, our perceptions, and who we are is formed. So it comes through our encounters, our experiences, etc. So, so we know that a belief is generally uh, formed in two ways by our experiences, uh, by our deductions, by our accepting what others tell us. If mama says, wow, you so sweet, or if daddy says, boy, you can't ever do anything right. Those words begin creating an image and a perception and a belief on the inside of a child. So our subconscious mind, that powerful subconscious mind that God has given us to reprogram, really dictates and rules in our life and it directs our choices and our thinking 95% of the time. And uh, it is constantly just really attracting what we truly believe. So if you've heard stuff like, you know, you're too old, or if you're thinking stuff like you're too old, that won't ever happen to you, or you can do anything, or you're great, or you're a baby boomer and nobody wants you anymore. I just said that because I just heard that this week from somebody. So your subconscious is vibrating how much you honor and value yourself all of the time by what's been programmed in it from childhood until now. So if our subconscious is operating 95% of the time, and we're not aware of it. In order to change our worth and value, we have to number one, acknowledge and then interrupt that and introduce a new thought and feeling around that. Everybody got that. So essentially, we go through our day just making choices about our lives, who we are, what we could do, be and have based on many times the lies that we've been told and they've been housed in our subconscious in the area of relationships. And so I'm going to talk about money next week, but I'm talking about relationships. And so I always have a saying, you never choose any higher in relationships than how you see and view yourself. And I can tell by what you tolerate and put up with and allow to happen in a relationship, how much you love, honor, and value yourself. It's really an indicator of how much you value and honor yourself. So so can you see how subconsciously our value and our worth has been formed early in childhood? And this is so important because knowing your value is not just about romantic relationship. It's about every relationship. 
you know, that you have in your life. It's about business. I'm not going to talk about business, but let me tell you this quick story. Um, uh, probably in my 30s, I had my master's degree by the time I was 24 or 25. And I went on an interview at this college and they really needed somebody desperately to really uh, obtain their accreditation. They needed a master's level licensed therapist. And so I was that girl. And so when I went in, since I did not know my value and did not honor myself, I think they offered me something. I can't remember, maybe $40,000, but I could have gotten 70 because they needed someone that, uh, someone just like me. So they said, would you take $40,000? I said, sure. Why? Because I was desperate. I needed the money, first of all. And then I didn't know my value. Later on, I found out they would have offered me 70. So that's that's in a couple of weeks that I'm talking to you. But that's just a prime example of how knowing your value and worth impacts everything. Okay, my own childhood story had great parents. We're not here to blame parents. We're here to change, loving and nurturing, grew up in the country. while my father only went to the 10th grade, I, he adored me, but he wanted me to perform. He said, Constance, if you want to get ahead, you got to make all A's. You got to go to school. You got to learn to pe- play the piano. So I was playing the piano for my good old Baptist church when I was about 15. So I was always performing. I remember standing up in church and saying my Easter speech, performing, trying to please my dad, you know, master's degree, really young, all A's, really smart in school. So my subconscious was, well, if you perform, then that's the way you get love and approval. And so when I grew up and started dating, I didn't feel like who I was was enough. So I was, I always had to perform. Uh, I always tried to help people. I always had to be smarter, smaller, uh, 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 sexier, all of the above while because subconsciously my belief was that who I was was not enough. I had to perform. So how does this happen to us? Uh, our, our values and our core beliefs. Um, really, see if you can identify with any of these. If you grew up in an alcoholic family, maybe there was mental illness, rage or violence, depression, abandonment. Maybe your mom didn't take care of you. Your grandmother raised you. Betrayal, incest. Maybe your dad was a workaholic and he wasn't emotionally available. Maybe you had a lot of money in your house, but there was no nurturing and love. So there are a myriad of of experiences that really create our self-worth. And so we're not here blaming. We are here to identify what the deal is and why you believe what you believe. Who told you you weren't good enough? Who told you you were not smart enough? Is it true you have to have a degree to become a millionaire? Hmm. It all depends on how you see and value yourself. And so I can tell how much you value and honor and respect yourself by your choices. And so since we're talking about romantic love, the common thread, drum roll please, is I'm not lovable, not good enough, not worthy, have to earn love. 
And I heard somebody say, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. So really self-love, self-respect, self-worth. There's a reason that it all starts with the word self. You know why? (laughs) You know, because it starts with you. It starts with you on the inside recognizing who told me that I wasn't good enough? Who told me that I had to be a size four in order to be beautiful and sexy? Hmm. So we know that it comes from our childhood, from our family. So I call it the disease of codependency. That that causes us to repeat the same patterns over and over again. Stuff like don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Uh, we choose uh, unreliable people, unavailable people who who don't know how to love. We are very needy or clingy. We have a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior in relationships. I had one lady say, Miss Constance, he only hit me once. Other than that, he's pretty good until he starts drinking. That's a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior. Had one man say, well, you know something? I know my wife is cheating on me, but as long as she doesn't bring it home, I'm that's fine with me. That's a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior. And so remember those core emotional beliefs really are there constantly affecting and creating our perceptions and beliefs around who we are. uh, If we are loving enough and if we are valuable and honorable because you teach people how to treat you in relationships and so some of the messages messages subconsciously or subliminally that you might have heard is don't talk don't tell what goes on in this house don't feel don't trust you shouldn't feel that feel that way you know big boys don't cry wipe your face boy you shouldn't be crying or little ladies we don't get angry it's not ladylike to get angry or Don't make mistakes now. And on and on and on. And I love this one. You shouldn't feel that way. So really, your feelings are discounted, invalidated, ignored, and nullified. So that as an adult, you don't really have a voice because you don't think your feelings really matter. So so these are some signs. Y'all raise your hand when you when I read some of these that show that you are not valuing yourself in a relationship, choosing emotional, emotionally unavailable people, mm-hmm. uh, losing your you, you losing your own interest in your own self and focusing in on the needs of needs of others while ignoring your own falling in love too hard, too fast, ignoring addictions, maybe excessive or drinking or drugs in a partner. It's a drama-filled relationship. Y'all want to hear something funny. Somebody asked me, said, Miss Constance, you live in Atlanta. Are you like the, do you have a lot of uh, drama like the Atlanta housewives? I just start laughing. I said, honey, no. Uh, You feel like you have to rescue, save, or fix. Uh, You can't be your best version of yourself while you're in this relationship. The person is emotionally unavailable. One day they love you. They want to commit. Next day they don't. 
on and on and on because basically it boils down to who you are is not enough. And the foundation for codependency is fear of abandonment. I'm going to stay in this because this is better than nothing. I'm going to stay in this because my mama left me. And if I don't do everything this person tells me to do and walk on eggshells, he or she might leave me too. And so until you heal your inner soul, which is your memories, your past, your experiences, your encounters, you won't know your value and your worth. Everybody got me on that. And so, you know, everybody really talks about the law of attraction, you know, when it comes to love, but truly it's the law of vibration first. And so that means you're vibrating out your beliefs, your perceptions, your worthiness, and then you attract to you a like vibration. You know, it's a universal law because truly you attract who you are. And so that's why you need to become the thing that you desire. So you cannot attract something in a different vibration. And so Monique had to realize that. So she realized, wow, this man has chose to go on with his life. And if I keep walking in, oh my God, why didn't he choose me? Why did that happen to me? I'm going to keep attracting the same person that victimhood. And so when she changed her vibration and began to walk in love, because remember, it was when she did that, she was able to pass her exams. Why? Because in the quantum world, in the spirit world, everything is connected. So, so does everybody see that? All right. So that's what the law of attraction really, really is. So it's really about an actual healing of your soul, your memories, your past, your encounters, etc. And so we know, I'm going to say this again, you teach people how to treat you by what you allow. So what can we do to really begin to acknowledge, accept, or change how much we honor and value who we are? I'm going to say that you need to, number one, just recognize that, wow, this is the same pattern that I've been doing over and over again. I've been attracting the same person. I've been saying that I won't love, but why do I keep attracting the same person on the dating website? You, you need to come off the website and really go inside first and then you vibrate out, you know, what you really, really want. And so I'm going to really recommend you guys know that I'm really big on how to's that you invest time and money in yourself. You know, I've seen women spend millions of dollars on, on houses, cars, weave, Gucci bags, nothing wrong with those. I have all of those, but then on the inside, they're still empty and insecure. I'm going to suggest that you get in a topic centered support group in your city or country, any kind of inner healing group. You can coach with me. I would love to work one on you, but you're working on your core beliefs about your value. It's only when you go inside and identify them and begin to remove uncover and get rid of all of that old yucky stuff. I call them lies and perceptions and reprogram your life with the new belief about your value and worth. That's only 
when you will begin to get on a different higher vibration and attract what you are worth. You know, and then what does God say about you? You know, that's really where I kind of got my who I really was. When God said when he made man, he said that wasn't good. That's God. Man is very good. God says I'm wonderful and fearfully made. And I love this. God calls me his beloved. And so if I'm God's beloved, I'm not going to think any less about myself and value myself any less than than what God says about me. So really, what is spirit of God saying about me? And so you go back and you take a look at, you know, those old patterns. You may be oblivious to them, but your choices and, and when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, when you when you know that on the inside, this is not working for me, that you can really begin to change. Wow. Image, self-value and self-worth is so big. It attracts to you. I think Ernest Holmes says whatever is in your life. It's supposed to be in there because you attracted it to you. And and so self-worth and valuing and honoring yourself is really big. And really, as I said, when you begin to hear your inner soul, the spirit of God will begin to enlighten and, and show you your value and your worth. You know, write down all of the great things about you. Honor the great things about you. We're not talking about perfection. We're just talking about all of the good, all of the great. Redefine, you identify who you are. That's just like if somebody walked in my house and they say, hey, stupid. I wouldn't even turn around because guess what? That's not my identity. That's not who I am. I would never call myself that or I would never even think that about another person. So so many of you, uh, are we talking about a personal relationship? You might need to come off of the dating websites and spend your money going inside. You're worth the investment. Uh, If you want to work with me, I would love to work with you. I coach on five continents. All of you already know that I'm big on going inside. It does not have to take a long time. You know, God is accelerating. I don't believe in being in therapy forever. (laughs) I never did, but I just, you know, 25 years ago, I didn't know then what I know now. So, uh, wow, guys, this has been so wonderful. Dr. Monique, thank you so much. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about knowing your your value and your worth when it comes to money, your business and career. Wow, can't wait to teach on that. Once again, my website, uh, check out my coaching uh, testimonies of fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And as I say every week, you may not know it or feel it, but you are surrounded by a loving, supporting God. And say this with me, my best days are ahead of me. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. 
For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.